Hello and welcome to this week's youth political podcast that is Politibabble. I'm Oliver Sykes and as usual I'm joined by my virtual co-host Archibald Elliott. Hello Archie. Hello uh, I'm here I suppose albeit virtually. Indeed. Well, Archie, welcome to the virtual world of podcasting from Broadcasting House in the Isle of Man. It's it's great to have you on this week. Uh, we, we weren't quite sure how it was going to go. Last week you thought, oh, I don't know, I've been around a few people that have, I've been close contacts with. And look where we are. We're back to the virtual world on the last day of supposedly any COVID legal restrictions here on the Isle of Man. Uh, so so it is it's a pleasure to have you through uh, the, the virtual possibilities that we can undertake these days. And I suppose it's very in touch with um, this week's episode on what we'll be focusing on, which is modernism and how far it's come and, and, and whether it's failed. But first of all, um, I do have to ask, Archie, how are you? How are you coping in, in isolation? Well, I would say it, it is very apt uh, for what we're discussing about the modern world and also the fact that in well, years to come, we're most likely going to move into probably the metaverse to do uh, work meetings and live normal life, go out for coffees in the metaverse. Or at least that's uh, what uh, Mark Zuckerberg or the, the likes might want us to do. But yeah, I've been surviving uh, lockdown, not, well, isolation, not too badly. It was only about today I started to have the lift of brain fog and I don't just confabulate by just spouting words out of my mouth, which mean nothing and can't be connected to themselves. Uh, I do. I was uh, throwing up the other day, which was interesting. Uh, and I yesterday I, I jabbed a COVID swab too far up my nose. I think I gave myself a nosebleed. So I think today's COVID test is going to be quite interesting. You did say you, you, you've not been been feeling too great. You are, if I'm okay in asking this, you are double jabbed, I presume, or you've had a jab well, at no. least. The thing is, it's really, really, uh, really quite frankly annoying because I got COVID four months ago in November. Right, think, yeah. Ah, I wouldn't get COVID until now. And then I was like, well, I had my first jab. Then I got COVID and then we became eligible for our second jab. And then it was kind of like, that's great. I can't get my second jab because you have to wait 12 weeks. And then after the 12 weeks, I was in the middle of doing coursework and I was like, I can't feel the after effects of the, of the second jab. I don't, so I got none really on the first. So you might get some on the second. So I delay that a bit there because again, I'm not that fussed. It's only second jab was useful for travel. Mm-hmm, indeed. Uh, and now I can't even get the second jab because I got COVID again. So, yes, it's a bit of a never going to get it because I just keep on getting COVID, it seems. But I've been twice inoculated, I think, uh, because I've caught, caught the virus twice somehow, which is impressive. I it think is. I, I've compensated for both of us. Cause yeah, you've not because I've not had it at yet. all. And I have come into contact with numerous amounts of people. I mean, a lot of people said to me, no, you've definitely had it. And I've gone, well, to my knowledge, and I, you know, when, I, when I've needed to test... I have tested. When I've not needed to test, I've not needed to test because it is in the fact that we I can't live my life worrying about COVID, you know, and like this stage that we're going to drop into, the endemic stage, I need to stop worrying about COVID. If I get it, if I present symptoms, of course I'm gonna gonna isolate. Um but Testing every day, you know, sometimes I wasn't leaving the house, there was really no purpose. I don't spend an awful lot of time in proximity to a lot of people of course if i was around any of my vulnerable relatives i was testing um because you know i have a a duty um to sort of protect them 
But yes, anywho, um, enough of this COVID malarkey because we're supposed to be leaving this at the door. <laughs> we're supposed to be leaving this at the door very soon. I, ex- yeah. I, I ex- we've got this little joke going on, but I, I expect um, Archie to to have a, a, sh- a shaven head next week. <laughs> well, I, don't, I still have COVID, so it's all. Well, yes, bad. yeah. The length of my hair is, uh, Alex always says, it's perpetuation mm. of the world events is caused by it. So, with us focusing on this idea of of modernism and 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 your, uh, is is it your view that it, it's it's failed in a, in a sense? It's failed us. Well, it's more it's more the modern world. I think with with uh, I think is modernism in the modern world. I attribute quite quite similarly because they're both the movements of modernism on a whole. But I suppose modernism is probably more associated with the artwork or the art form as it progresses into a new post-industrialized world. But it is generally the modern world and things which have come with it, especially in recent years, where it's to seek to kind of remove what was happening in the old world or the old-fashioned way of life. And it was to seek to make it better, to improve it, to be progressive, to be liberal. But the, the problem is, I don't think it's done any of that. At least on the surface it happened. Because I'd say I feel less free now than I did five years ago. I feel uh, less able to say what I think now than I do five y- years ago. Even uh, my life's only been so short, and you know I can't yeah. really go to when I was two year old uh, when I when I speak about this. But it's become quite frightening. We're almost told now what you can, what you can't say, what you yeah, must say, what you definitely. must say, how you can define things, how you can't define, and how you shouldn't be able to define things. So it's become into this real, really, really complicated structure. Well, we don't know where we stand. At least, I suppose, in times gone by, there'd be a social code, there'd be an etiquette list, there would be dress codes where you must follow, there'd be rules in place. But at least you know what you stand. And I'd say there's freedom in that, because then you know, and you know where the line is. But now, the line exists, and if you cross it, you get cancelled. But you don't know where that line is. So you constantly live in fear of, can I say this? Can I, can I do this? Can I not? And I suppose it doesn't really help to give us freedom that we desire, or rather, we seem not to desire. I completely agree with those points you, you've raised there, Archie. And, you know, the pandemic, in a sense, has really changed things because it's dropped a lot of um, sort of sort of social etiquette and, and ways we live. But it's also jumped us he- ahead by about sort of 10 years in some in some ways as well. I mean, sort of te- in sort of techno- technological uh, aspects, Um we've come leaps and bounds because of the pandemic but in other and we, when we did that like a like a light switch you know everything turned virtual in a sense but a lot mm. of things have been dropped and in our society at the moment um it, it's weird because we know from the pandemic that human interaction is so important then what we thought beforehand that moving towards being non to being virtual was going to make things a lot easier but we realize how much human interaction is so important and i suppose it does give that sort of idea in a sense that um like perhaps things have been dropped since the pandemic things have not gone back the same we knew we knew things were going to change but there's a lot of things that I've noticed recently. Life does feel a lot different. Life feels bizarre. But it's things will get cancelled. But a few years ago, if things got cancelled, they got cancelled because of the worst things. But people now are not afraid to cancel. You know, events mm. and other such things. It's just, oh, we're cancelling that. Oh, we don't feel, you know. And people don't have the same, a lot of like sporting events as well. 
I mean, who knows what, you know, the TT is, is a big thing for the island. That's coming up soon. But a lot of sporting events on the island have been cancelled because the organisers actually realised since the pandemic that um, they, they didn't realise how much of their, their time they put into it. Um, so for them, it felt like part-time jobs. And since the pandemic, they've realised, wow, I've put so much effort into this. But So that that is, you know... I'm probably going off on a tangent, but I'm just saying how life's been affected as we have we as we've moved mm. forward. Uh, but yes, it, I'm sure well, you've got lots to raise. Well, I think we're we're talking about two different types of cancellation here. But I think yeah. your, your 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 views your points there, which you've been stressing, maybe the cancellation of physical objects and events, and maybe people aren't feeling they you have enough of a spec gain from that. I think again, that's again. The level of respect. I, I sound like an eight-year-old. Well, no, 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 no. I, I agree with you there. And we're That's... facing the modern world. It's just a breeze. We've, 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 we gain a lack of respect for things. We gain entitlement where it hasn't been earned. And we think, well, we can just go and do these things because, you know, if you don't like that, then I'll just post on Facebook or I'll just do this and I'll just do that uh, without considering anything. And it's all too easy to hide behind a screen now. Uh, it's, again, with cancellation, as we, we lack nuance when we kind of communicate over text we lack the the vocal expression the facial expressions um and even goes down i think back to cancelling can- actual people it's gone quite mad on now what we look at and i'm sure we'll come on to later in our current affairs about even the recent oscar events i'm sure if you know, it wasn't the actor which actually did the aforementioned act of slapping the presenter <laughs> if it was maybe someone uh um, of a different race we might get an entirely different reaction um, I mean, that's going to be something. And contributed to different things. It's crazy. I think it's going to be something in- interesting that we can discuss in our international current affairs. But picking up on that point, now you've raised it. I'm like, I'm, I'm really. I was really shocked by it. I woke up that the, that Monday morning. I mean, it was only Monday, wasn't it? I'm speaking like it was several months ago. But I opened Twitter and it was like, this can't be true. And I was like, this can't be true either. I mean, I still look at it now and I think, crikey, that happened. That's so 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 interesting so bizarre to me it looks the slap i've watched the the slap in slow motion and it just looks fake to me it just doesn't look like there's any contact and the delay from chris rock is just i, I couldn't care less no no i know but i am a you know uh th- yeah. that does interest me it's obviously performance and it's you know the media have gone yeah, yeah. crazy over it so it's, it's, it's interesting they to have. me but that, that, that's why I, I find it interesting the media interest in these effects but yes, because there down... was a female winner yeah. from uh, one of the films, uh, which is a Steven, the Steven Spielberg remake of West Side Story. And one of the um, females from that, um, who um, she she won an award and it's hardly been spoken of, um, which has been been, you know, like so bizarre. I'm trying to I'm trying to try find her name. Um, but yes. But the part, I find most <laughs> the part I find most interesting is that he, he, was, he was given a standing ovation by many of the people people there, uh, when many of them would happily go and march on anti-violence rallies or tweet something on Twitter to prevent it, because we almost have lost, again, the, the, even the sense of standards, I find, now mm. in, in our society. Again, I'm like a complaining 70-year-old man, but we, we almost have a... We, we have, we have we've lost our standards. We've lost yes. uh, our almost almost our integrity. Yeah. Um, I, I think it creates a large a large problem within even our political world. We see now politicians who, when they do something wrong, they admit they did something wrong. They try to, you know, avoid it or go and just make it into that's all right. When before they would have just 
said, well, no, I did this wrong. I reside on a matter of principle. Well, we've, we've talked about this before. Some of them would, some of them wouldn't. And it was, again, less, yeah. things are less hard to expose. But they, re- they agree when their position was untenable and would follow the manners of respect. So I think it, it, does, it, does, it does fail, especially, I think, I find within freedom of speech. I'm always now questioning myself, uh, as probably maybe we should, as some people tell us, before, before we post something, uh, to think about what we're posting. But the thing is, that's mainly in the, in, uh, in the realms of, is it threatening? Is it harmful? Is it mean to someone? But in my realms, it's, am I going to express this opinion and then be <laughs> or, 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 you know, threats made against me because I'm posting something that would have been totally acceptable? So it's not there, am I making a threat to someone else by posting it? No, no, it's more, will I receive threats from posting it? Uh, is what, what I find in the modern world. So I, I find it re- really quite, quite, quite difficult to navigate. Mm-hmm. Social media is definitely uh, something that, for some people, you love it or you hate it, isn't it? You know, for some people, it's what it's basically controls their life. It is their life, um, and I suppose it's that idea that technology has. Oh, it's it's changed us completely. But I mean, in 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 recent years, sort of looking at the early sort of um, noughties, we saw a lot of technological developments. But in recent years, in so, in terms of sort of uh artificial intelligence are we seeing much develop uh in that in in that uh sort of in that sort of artificial sense? intelligence yeah artificial intelligence entirely um but i think it's mainly i, I wouldn't say that that's that's the main issue we we, we see benefit i'm not, I'm not here to claiming the, the modern world is all uh awful it's more the the value we almost go we go we go beyond a certain point we take it to this extreme we almost try to be too good too perfect if it's not perfect we must not have it we see we, there were there was a perfect balance there's not there's never a perfect balance and there's never bad bits and there's never there's never it's never totally bad and it's never totally good and yes we did see in times gone by we did see obviously racism we did see high amounts of that we did see high amounts of sexism but then we started to realize that and we started to get rid of it but the thing is now we go too far and we try to get rid of things that don't exist, where we see things where they simply aren't there. And it's almost this idea to strive to be perfect, to strive to be better, to strive to be absolutely at the pinnacle of perfection and nothing, nothing wrong and perfectly cleansed. It almost leads us and it drives that, co- that, drive that nail deep into that coffin of our society. Our, it's supposed to link us together, it's supposed to build the bonds. But I, I think it does the opposite. We don't build those bonds between us. We're too busy trying to work out how I can accuse the other side of one of the icks or uh, isms that we don't. We don't now see uh, any other side. I, I find it, it, it rather sad to s- see. Sorry, icks and isms. Can you please elaborate on that, please, Archie? Well, the icks and isms. We we look to uh, see things as either through through the lens of being either like racist or the lens of being sexist. But now he can't be sexist. It must be like genderist or something uh, like that. Uh, or it must be uh, transphobic, or it must be, you know, uh, discriminatory. It's just, it must be a discrimination there, or this there, or that there. It's going, it's going too far. The thing is, we, sh- we shouldn't necessarily focus on what we view as microaggressions here. Or, or We should just focus, I think, back to the good value of respect, generally. Because if we hold respect, it doesn't really matter what the colour of a person's skin is. What, what their sex is, what their gender is, or what, what, what they believe. It's just having the decency to have respect for one another. But these, these ideas of classing everything to 
be perfect and be uh, actively anti-racist because now it's not enough as I've, I've, I've been apparently told many times it's not enough just not to be racist you must be anti-racist or you're in fact complicit and racist yourself which in itself makes no sense but it's, it, it, it's more the heavy indoctrination of values I find especially I think AI, AI will not help contribute this to this with the algorithms introduced on social media or even social media itself it really helps to just bolster uh, this idea and these perceptions created because we're not allowed to see an alternative point of view without suddenly exploding into rage. And I'm, I'm not here saying that someone can't think the modern world is an excellent, excellent thing. And, you know, we should do things with Lazarus. And I find that interesting because I really, I, I, I fail to understand that, but I'd be interested to understand why someone thinks that way. And again, if you want to come on uh, the podcast and of talk course, about why you think the yeah, yeah, yeah. modern world is so good, please do. It'd be, be fascinating. Indeed, indeed. Um, we welcome anyone onto the onto the podcast here on Politibabble. Um, so, yeah. So, in in a sense, you believe that there's been a failure of of modernism. Am I am I right in saying that? Well, I'd say there have been failures of the modern world. Right. There's been failures in the modern world in in terms of actually the whole point of us progressing through society and the progressive movements. And liberalism in the like earlier early twentieth century, we in nineties the liberals we well, so nineteenth century the liberals we've had them for many many years was to push us forward to be free to have free thought to have free thinking, but I think that's now become misappropriated because we see many people use and again it's not those who are truly liberal those who are truly liberal are truly accepting they're respectful they don't then they're, they're happy. For them to go about their lives, other people go about theirs, and everyone is free to make their own choices. That I take no issue with. That I think is uh, is honourable. It, it's good to have. But it's more the misappropriation of liberalism, which again comes into this scheme in the modern world, where we now see, like most of the conservative media, will accuse the liberals of doing something, or the liberals of having this coup or this plot to go and you know stifle our opinions. But that that isn't liberalism. That's that's the key problem here. It's not liberalism. That's stifling us. We see many of the left who say, yes, we want to tax the rich. We want to eat the rich. We must, they're being racist there. Let's cancel them. Let's do this. And they they then describe themselves as liberal. I really, I fail to understand it because by definition, they're not. Um, But that's the whole point of the modern world was trying to move forward, to be more free, to break free of the rules. But the problem is by breaking free of the rules, you've just decided to go and create more rules. Yeah, yeah. But, their rules aren't understandable, and the rules are so ambiguous that it's merely left up to perception. So the rules exist, and we know, well, you know, you do something outrageous, well, you get cancelled. But you're not told what being outrageous is. No. There's no idea of it. And I'm sure one day the musings I've probably spoken are on the six seasons so far will be of this wonderful podcast will cancel me. But, you know, I, 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 I've now gone beyond just... You have to just accept that as part of the modern world, which I think is a great shame. We should be able to express what we think freely and not face repercussions. So where do you see the, the, the modern world going then, Archie? Where, where do you see us progressing? How do, how do you think things are going to pan out in the, in the next few couple of, of, of years? Well, I think they're going to get worse. Get worse? Really? Yes. It's, I, 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 things usually get worse before they get better. True, true. But could, could you not see things? Things are sort of rapidly sort of getting getting worse in the sense that what we've just been talking about do you not see that it can potentially get, get start, start to um decline over the next couple of of years 
I mean, well, it takes time. It takes time to take the impacts into consideration. We're seeing, I think, bills come forward which which look to protect people's freedom of speech. Yes, we're true. Again, very very wary of this because they do not simply change. People do not change overnight very easily. It takes takes time for things to change and size for things to develop. So it must take equal amount of time from where we have come to get back to maybe the bits we want and to progress forward to the future is quite quite difficult. But I think even in recent recent years, in recent months especially, we're seeing more of a move to look to cancel people to do this. And we now have politicians in power where they can't even define something so simple with what a woman is. Mm. I find that I find that quite worrying. We're that is certainly... A, yeah. That we, is, we have, that like, is certainly Marina worrying. Or, or Keir Starmer was asked, uh, can a woman have a penis, basically, <laughs> on, on LBC? He was asked yeah. that question and he said, I don't think we should be asking it that question I'm not going to ask, answer it, ask it to someone else. Which he and shouldn't be doing. Asked, he should be giving the full answer, yeah. which we want. Yeah, it should, it should, we should be... Exactly. But the thing is, he fails. He fails here. Again, a week before, he was asked to define what a woman is. He couldn't define a woman. But he would say he's pro-woman rights. He's pro-female rights. He's pro-women rights. Which people, doesn't make sense. No. He can't define people, what they are. People are scared now of speaking out, and that's dangerous, you know. Um, you've got a... Tory government, which just at the moment disastrous. I mean, it's quite appalling in its in its real sense. I mean, I'm going to get absolutely shut down. I'm going to get cancelled in a second. But I mean, uh, it, I, I'm finding it hilarious how um, Keir Star, uh, Piers Morgan, starting to brand Keir Starmer as a viable <laughs> opposition. I find that hilarious. <laughs> um, but not. I do oh. think Keir has has progressed. Um, some may disagree. Yeah, um, I agree. He's progressed into the wrong direction. Oh, but he definitely has. You know, he's brought a bit more charisma into the into into his role. And obviously, as Piers was branding Sakir, you know, he was people. Uh, he said, "This is part of Keir's new TV show, which I was banging on about the other week." Um, mm. But essentially, it was all about how. Um, you know, when when Keir became Labour leader, that everyone was like, oh, he's too serious, you know. Um, and I suppose Boris was sort of in a good position when he came into Prime Minister. He's the he, he was he was very very charismatic, um, but that just took a turn for the worst. Um, but yes, so I mean, I th- I do I don't mind Keir. He's okay, um, not too fond, but don't 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 dislike him. Mm. I, 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 but you I, would I, agree, I, Archie, at the moment yeah. that the Tories are not in the greatest position. I mean, they need to get a lot sorted out before the next election because they've got no chance. They're they're not they're not in the greatest position. No. But 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 they are. I still view the best out of the current options because I I, I don't I, I can't see a Labour government. Well, I mean, we've not seen a Labour government. We've not seen a Labour government in over well, it'll be twelve twelve years, will it? Something like well, it'll by the yes, next by the, that, yeah, yeah, yeah by the time the next so you know yeah goodness that, me that's a good thing yeah. because the last time they were in power, I argue they they wrecked the country. They sold our gold at the lowest point. They told us Gordon Brown told the world at what point we would sell it a week before we sold it, and it was almost. We had, we had such poor economic decisions. We left the country in such a state by, I argue, I don't think the modernism and, and in the, uh, the 
the new ideas brought in by New Labour and Blair uh, in the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, were, were very good. Mm-hmm. I, I think they, 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 they almost... It, it, it makes me sad when I look back because we, we, had, we had something which I think over the end of the Thatcher era, end of the major era, was, was left in a relatively good state. Bar the obviously the uh, Black, Black, Black Tuesday collapse of, I think, 93, uh, the start of John Majors, which really just kind of marked him as a dead man. Uh, in the political game, but he—I I would say—Labour have almost failed the world in, in that that respect. And we saw, I think, David Cameron come in. We saw Theresa May, and we started to see things being brought back. But Labour really just—I think—wants to cleanse the old world. Uh, currently, especially, their main selling point is: we're not the Tories, and we want to destroy everyone <laughs> you don't like yeah. or, or do, who doesn't agree with us. And we'll, we'll, we'll introduce laws, you know, to make sure that. Happens. And the thing which worries me actually isn't their economic policy. How a disastrous economic policy be, currently the Tories' economic policy is also a disaster. Mm. What worries me is the social policy. What worries me is on the social side, where I don't know how far, at least I trust with the Tory government, my freedom of speech will be generally retained to, to a certain extent, because that's the main essence of the party, that I should have the, I, I should have the, I should be allowed to express what may be considered maybe unsavoury views by some circles or views people disagree with, and I should not be allowed to be prosecuted for that. But what I fear, and, and what I do have a fear here, is if a Labour government comes in, what, what protections will be there? What protections will be removed? Are we then suddenly allowed it would be illegal to misgender a person unintentionally? Or would it be suddenly illegal to hold certain views which may be uh, transferred? I'd, I'd hope this was not the case. Uh, but, but I but mean... In... Think, from the views they've expressed of not being able to define something so simple as a woman, I don't think I, I still don't I don't I don't think I could trust them with defining a policy in, in terms of which is either respect women's rights or respect people to hold views which are different to other people's views on the issue of gender, for example. I mean, in terms of um, the Tories, though, they're putting through this what is it, policing crime bill, and they want to mm. limit. Um freedom of speech effectively for what was it protests that are that they don't like basically or, or well, the, it, is it, it, it's a difficult one it, it is it is again i i would be set against it in certain ways but we see the likes of uh, extinction rebellion which have come up which willfully know they break the law and they will block streets and it's harder legally it's very it's pretty hard legally to be able to then remove them. But I mean, things... And the powers things, there are very, very lenient. Things like that and wouldn't that, happen. That's dangerous. Things like that wouldn't happen, though, if, if this government was more proactive over climate change. I disagree. Extinction and Rebellion is a minority. They are a minority of people, and the majority of people do not support them. We are not here to be ruled by the tyranny of a minority taking over our, our streets, ah, blocking our the roads. Standing fathers. Where the majority do not want our roads blocked, do the commuters want their DLR train, which is electric? You know, or their tube train, which is electric, or their buses, which is public transport, and what the Extinction Rebellion are purporting to be stopped or blocked. That's not the way to do things in, in this country, nor, nor in a democratic system. Our voices are not heard by forcing our opinions on others, by blocking them on the way to work, by forcing ourselves into the streets, by concreting ourselves, or gluing ourselves to their office doors. It, it, it doesn't make anyone sympathetic to their cause. And I don't think we should be enshrining protections for these types of protests because it isn't a protest. It, it is very clear disruption and very, very antisocial behaviour, which I, I, I don't think should be supported. Again, I think protests, which is peaceful in a public square where you're standing, make as much noise as you like. Again, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't enjoy it if I was anywhere near, but I still think that's 
a wave to make it heard. That's why I don't agree with parts of the policing crime bill, which mainly look to limit noise of protests. I think the part I find most mo- mo- most annoying with protests is the likes of Extinction Rebellion, which have given protesters a bad name, and it's really just showed the extent of how protests can go, and it's almost it's a step below rioting in my books. And on this week's episode, we've actually just trapped Archie in a room. Uh, he doesn't have COVID. We just trapped him in a room so he can virtually get out his <laughs> anger uh, towards everything. Archie is going for it today with Guns and Roses. Uh, no, it's 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 Something been. I don't listen to. <laughs> anyway. Um... I, I take it we'll sort of wrap it up now before we look at our Ooh. current affairs and everything. Yeah. Uh, and you can have a, a final sort of statement uh, or sort of y- your views or sort of wrapping up what we've talked about on, on modernism. So I'll, I'll, I'll leave it over to you. Well, I, I feel personally that too often in, in this modern world, we're told what we can and what we can't say, what we can and what we can't think, what we can and can't express, what we must think and what we must not think, and how we can or cannot be, really. And I find that I find that a failure of the modern world. In other aspects, I think we have benefits, such as our, obviously, our increase of modern technology, which allows us to communicate from great distances. But along that come disadvantages, such as in the essence of losing nuance when we just go and send a message to someone, or go and get angry online. And we also, it coerces us into a series of thoughts where before we would not be coerced in such a same way. I think in We've lost almost what it means to be an individual, to have that individual freedom, and we've become almost this large horde of sheeples uh, trying to trying to trying to run around this maze where we don't know what we can or can't say. We're almost stuck in this in this this role with many many rules, but the rules are not defined, and we can't now define things which used to be so simple and so clear cut. We're left almost we're left almost ruleless, but with rules. So I, I I won't know what I can and can't say, but if I say something. And it turns out I can't say it. I had no idea before I said it that I could have can't say it because there's no rules there. So I think we've almost uh, defaced our, our world so much now that we've almost gone backwards in time, uh, I argue, in certain ways, because we've almost gone to seek to be so inclusive. And I don't, I don't find inclusivity in its essence wrong. I think we should be respectful to people and include them and not, not, not outcast people for doing things we might have a slight disagreement with. But there's but a I line. But there's a lot. No, it's more we've gone too far. Yes, yeah, we've yeah. Tried to be so inclusive that we've gone beyond. It's almost like a circle of inclusivity where we have inclusive, exclusive, and we start and we go around to inclusive, but we go too far in inclusive and we push back into being exclusive. And now we start to exclude people again. We start to go and create create fallacies and you know in our in our arguments. I find it a great shame we've almost descended into a world of madness now with uh, with our views. And I I I do find it as I'm sure we'll come on to. With the modern state of politics, I find it a great shame, almost. Well, Archie, as ever, you speak a voice of reason to to, to some degree. Uh, no, it's it's been really interesting talking about this so far, and I do have to 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 echo uh, most most of what you've said because you're you're, you're right. We, um, I, I I can't disagree with that. But but now it is. Well, do wait my do, do wait my book, uh, which will come out eventually. Oh oh really? I, I did not know you, I, you're going to write a book. No no. I, <laughs> I will eventually. It might, it might take 80 years, but, you know, I shall write a book on it eventually, I think. Okay, well, we'll move on to the current affairs section of the programme. So we'll start with the Alaman Current Affairs. So, this week, the TT Fun Fair is not returning this year. 
The COVID-19 death toll reaches 84. The removal of Russian planes from the Isle of Man registry could have little effect. As well as this, we see uh, many students still staying at home and warmer months will reduce the impact of the 58% gas price surge. That is it really for this week's Manx News. Can't see anything else that I might have missed off. Well, there we have it. A little wrap-up of some of the, the main headlines that we've seen uh, this this week, where we're going into the new financial year tomorrow. That That's uh, that's um, something that... And, and we're obviously scrapping the, the, the COVID legal restrictions. But um, I think there's new minimum wages coming into effect tomorrow, and obviously that will be the new financial year. And, of course, the legal restrictions of COVID being scrapped on the Isle of Man as we enter the... the, the, the uh, endemic stage and obviously we still see cases rising um, and sadly two more uh, further deaths have been announced which is um, very very sad news um, but yes so it's all it's all change Every, everything's going on at the moment yes. so interestingly because uh, I, I tested positive this week I of course my results online it, it, it took me ages first of all to obtain my NHS number because I oh that's a pain my- it's a pain. Uh, I had to register. I couldn't find that. It took me like five calls. They're very helpful, which is nice. But I, the 111 service, when they finally sent through their email, they said they're unsure how it will be affected after Friday. They haven't yet received government guidance. And this was on Wednesday. What? They haven't yet received government That's outrageous. Guidance That's outrageous. On, 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 on how the legislation was going to, how, how, how their guidance was to people who go to isolate. So I'll, I'll wait to see. Maybe it means if I'm still feeling awful and still positive on Friday, I can just go back to school. Well, I... I'm, from... probably, I'm, probably, I'm legally allowed on Friday to go back into school knowing I'm positive, which I find is, is just is just wrong. From the, from the guidance that I've seen, it has stated that basically on the sort of infographics that government put out, which yeah. they've done a lot more since the pandemic, and they're... All right. But I'd like to see um, how the infographics are actually in a policy document. Yes, so, yes, uh, yeah. Infogra- I don't trust infographics, as you've heard <laughs> me say many times. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Um, yes. But it said that uh, we recommend you to still, to if you test positive for COVID, to isolate uh, until you don't have symptoms for 48 hours or something. So... I mean, I don't know what the the, the 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 obviously the legal drafters are obviously doing everything now. I mean, it should have been done. It should just come into effect. Yeah. It's not great well, though I mean, that they're not on top of everything. Should, they've been I planning this. The guidance. It's the not gui- like the they just. Is yeah. Hmm. Well, um, looking so TT Fair not returning. That is tragic. Really is. Um, is it? Well, you know, for the youngsters on the island, that's what makes their TT, Archie. I mean, I bet you've never been to the TT fair. <laughs> oh. Speak to you, right? I, 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 I really have no affection for it. Personally. I mean, the... but if people miss it, I, I think, well, the government has clear reasoning for it, I find, but it is a tough one. Yeah. I mean, the prom's a bit of a mess still, so, you know, it would make sense not to bother. I mean, they're getting a. Nice to see that the 1886 bar are having a, a concert festival thing in the... Um, I've forgotten what that square... Villiers Square 
you know, um, by 1886 Marks and Spencers. Uh, we're opposite the Bee Gees statue on the prom, that little s- scrap of land. And they've got a few big headliners coming over. They've got um, Sheik and Nile Rogers, who are a fantastic band. Sheik and Nile Rogers. Nile Rogers, the famous guitarist. Over my head. Everybody dance, whoa, clap your hands, clap your hands. You must know them, Archie. They're like soul, no. like kind of great. No. They're not They're not like these, like, they're not like this Ed Sheeran and all that, that you're not too much of a fan of. <laughs> I, 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 still, I, still, I still don't know them, so, yeah. Well, I suggest that you look them up because they're, they're not too bad. You might you might perhaps like them. Anyway, I, we'll probably get copyrighted now for me singing um, d- down the microphone. It's coming out of your pace, it's fine. Yep, I'm in huge debt at the moment, guys. (laughs) Anyway, would you like to move on to UK current affairs, or are you not too fussed? Oh, yes, absolutely. So, well, this week we've seen Keir Starmer being unable to define what a woman is once again, and we see Angela Rayner back him up on this in a rare occurrence of them both uh, being quite united. You've seen... um, Putin wanting to blackmail the EU into paying gas with rubles, which is an interesting move. And we obviously saw that Oscar's slap, which I think would have turned out very differently if it was a different actor. Uh, and then we've seen more on the P.O.N.O.'s ferry crisis, which I find uh, rather interesting. Yeah, no, it, it has been been interesting. Um, it's it's been 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 a busy busy old week. Mm. Um, so yeah, are you, are you wanting to move on to the the final section, or are you okay to wrap it up? Whoa! Oh, is that, are we being are we being moved out? Uh, I, I'm I'm not entirely sure. Just <laughs> just yeah, you carry on for one sec, Archie. Oh, yes. Anyway, sorry. Hello. Can I just? I think the yeah, yeah. is my one. I left it in. Oh yeah, just, yeah. Can I just grab that? Yeah, one? yeah. Sorry, yeah, no worries. Grab another one. Yeah, that is my one. Yeah, Thank no you. worries. Grab another one, mate. Sorry. Cheers. <laughs> sorry about that. Just That's all right. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're going great. Yeah, yeah. No, no worries. No worries. So, so we're seeing a guest appearance. We had a guest uh, appearance from from, from the yeah. from, from the managing director of Manx Radio. We just had a, a yeah. guest appearance. He'd left his pop filter on on the microphone. I thought, oh, we've been double booked here, and I'm about to get kicked out or something. But um, yes, so um, yeah, um, we, I I was like, oh, he's going to want to be in here. So, um, would you like to do our special yeah, feature? Oh, no, we've, not, we've not done current affairs yet. Sorry, yes, no, no. sorry, sorry, Archie, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Carry on, carry I, on. I, what I find most interesting is the Russian wanting... It, it makes sense for them economically. It's rather a dire situation I think we see now. The West being relied... We've relied on Russia's gas for so long. Now trying to go to Turkey is quite hard. And now we see, obviously, Russia's now demanding their gas be paid in rubles rather yeah. than its usual payment in euros because obviously it's cut off much of the world's financial system. That, that's obviously anger issue for Russia, but I find most interesting is the current debate going on in our politics with the Labour Party trying to remain quite impartial. I think I know I, 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 have a, I, have a, I have a gut feeling and a conspiracy here that the Labour actually think much the same as the Tories on the issue, or <laughs> some of them who are. Like Keir Starmer, I think innately can define a woman, but yes. he doesn't want to because it can hurt electoral Yes, chances. of course. Yeah, it will. It will ruin outcomes for them um indeed no i i i, I do think that mm. um, with, with the piano with the piano ferry thing which is going on i've i've, I've watched now because i've been unable i've literally been able to do work and i thought i'll catch up on some audio listening so i was listening to the uh 
listening to Peter Hepplesworth and his uh, hearing before or uh, interview with the uh, committee, parliamentary committee, I forgot the select committee on transport or something. I find it rather interesting because I would say, however awful it is that 800 workers lost their jobs immediately, I think that wasn't the right way to do it. Again, I can see and I can see that, again, eight, the unions would not support this action. There's no way a re union would reasonably actually go and accept the terms. I think that's right. But I still think there should have been a period where you give them notice to say in two weeks or a month or 20 days, we're ending your employment. I think that would have been the right thing to do. But I think what they've actually gone and done by having to cut 800 workers from the workforce, I think makes sense from a business standpoint. Because it, if they didn't cut the 800 workers, and it is true, if, it's, if it is true what they said, that they then couldn't afford to run the business, we would have faced a further 2,200 workers out of jobs. So by cutting it, that 800, they'd be able to retain 2,200 jobs. And now the government, I think, is going to far too bullshit on this and saying that they want to force PO to do U-turn, where they get PO to restate these 800 workers. I don't think that will actually do its desired effect if it does truly put PO out of business. The government will then end up losing 3,000 jobs rather than just the 800, which will make the government actually less unpopular. I think what the government should focus on is actually getting those 800 people jobs, as PO is trying to do. Yeah. Jobs on ferries, on sea work, and other liners who can afford or are hiring currently. Use their experience, use the people's I think, experience. Exa exactly. I think that's a better job if you've accepted that PO can no longer afford to retain them. I think the way PO went about it wasn't necessarily right, but I think the overall outcome makes sense. And I think the outrage of this from many politicians is fabricated. I think it's fabricated in order to play to the vote system, obviously, as politicians must do. But I can't, I think the man outrage is personally manufactured. How horrific it was, how these workers were fired, immediate effect, you're leaving, pack your stuff and go. They are being fairly compensated, I think. And the compensation scheme which you put out sounded rather fair, because those who'd working for a year, get like a, if they'd been working there for a year, they get a year and a half's worth of wages. Or those who'd been working there even a week still got, fair, still got compensation for it. So the compensation packages are rather too fair. And if they are working, as they've said, to actually provide these people into other jobs and put them into other streams of work, I think that's a perfectly fair method of doing it. Again, I think the way fire, immediate fire, I think that's dodgy. But I think the overall outcome, I think there is manufactured anger over this. No, it, it, it's it's not a great situation. It's not it's right. Not, if, no. It's not right. P of P and O and and the government. Yeah, it's one of those things. I mean, it's gone very quiet in the news on the whole Ukraine situation. I mean, um, in well, terms of it's past its savory part. Yeah, now it's gone too long. Yeah, no longer deemed interest. It's a shame. Yeah, no, it is. Um, and I mean, I suppose the humanitarian response from people around the world, from the international community, was was fairly rapid. Um, and and I have to applaud people on that. I mean, the I think they sent what was it five trucks from the Isle of Man to the to the borders of places in yeah. the regions around the Ukraine. Um, and I think people's response and help towards the situations have been been very very good. Um, so yeah. Um, in terms of um, anything else going on around the world, I've not really had much chance. I've been so busy with my rehearsals for, uh, if you are wondering, um, what I'm rehearsing for this time, a little plug, is uh, Much Ado About Nothing, which is at King's Court. I shall be collecting your 
a £50 advertising fee after this. Which is at King's Court Theatre. Um, for those of you who are regular listeners to the podcast, you will know I am a bit of a thespian. Uh, <laughs> I do enjoy my performing. Um, so, yes, doing a straight play this time. Uh, one of William Shakespeare's greatest. Uh, much Do About Nothing. Uh, really good play. Really a lot of talented uh, local actors in it. It's the first time I think a local um, production company have actually put on a full-scale, several-night, uh, Shakespearean production that's not been done by a, a UK company so yeah go to paradostheatre.im for your tickets uh, yeah Thursday uh, the 7th to uh, Saturday the 9th of April matinee on the Saturday as well starts at 7.30 in the evenings 2.30 in the afternoon so uh, for those of you who are listening and, and do want to pop down it'd be great to see you I'm only a small featured part but um, it's, it's a great play um, so yeah so, do you want to move on to fill the cabinet, yes. Archie? Okie dokie. Well, we uh, will. Is your, is it, is it, isn't, it, isn't it your turn this week? Yes, it is, I think. Yeah, it is my please. turn on fill the cabinet. I don't know whether I'm going to give this person a position. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go for two, I think. I'll go for two. Um, I'll go for um, a, an Isle of Man politician that I'm particularly, that I think would be great. In a, in a cabinet role, or is already in a cabinet, perhaps, um, and then a UK politician probably passed. And I'm going to go for Tony Blair. Um, I thought his constitutional reform uh, w- was excellent, and that's particularly why I want to put him in my cabinet. I think he was a, a, a great leader at times. Uh, other times, he wasn't so excellent. So I probably would be giving him probably not the role of prime minister, um, but either cabinet's office or uh, deputy prime minister i'm not sure whether we got that who's this sorry tony blair is that a joke no <laughs> what is that here for cn yes i'm putting tony blair in our cabinet and i'm gonna oh, put I a manx politician no dear oh, i'm gonna put a manx politician in now maybe maybe me and archie will both pick a manx politician i think oliver's glad i'm not in the studio this week or i might knack to will smith Oh, no. Uh, so, Manx politician. That was a joke there, obviously. Uh, of yeah, course, we do not condone violence on the podcast. Right, Manx politician who I'm going to add to our cabinet. They've got to be of pretty high calibre. Um, probably gonna got to be the highest calibre of Manx politician we've ever seen. Politicianary, politi- political figure we've ever seen. Um, to match some of the other members of the cabinet. So, basically, I don't really know <laughs> which... Um, who's ever, who's been your favourite ever Manx politician, Archie, and they can be part of the cabinet, and I'll see if they're you're, suitable. Your choice this week. Right, well, I'm going to probably have to go for... Best Manx politician. Best Manx politician that we've ever had, or that we do currently have. Um... I'm probably going to go. What I'm thinking of, Oliver, it's it's going to be red <sighs> Right. Um. If you are watching on on video, you can see I'm really struggling now. It's got to that point of the day. It's three minutes to five. I'm going to probably go for probably Jane Paul Wilson at the moment. I think she's not Howie. Very disappointed. No, not Howie. No, I'll probably go for Jane Paul Wilson. Um. 
because I think she could, um, in in a cabinet, I think she'd be excellent, especially with our made-up policy bubble cabinet. I think she'd put great contribution in. I'm not sure, probably put her in justice or, um, you know, uh, those that uh, home affairs or whatever. I think she'd be good. Don't know if we've got anyone else still in there. Um, yeah. That's oh, we've got someone in home affairs, have we? We probably do, don't we? I've probably got it all confused. Foreign secretary. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. It, so, so I'll add them to. I'll add them to the list. I didn't wake up till twelve today. Wow! No, Archie. I, 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 I was feeling absolutely awful the past few days. So it's no wonder. Are you feeling better uh, so now? It's, 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 this is like my morning. It's like I've only been up for five hours. <laughs> Uh, I am feeling better, yes. So uh, hopefully, I'm getting out. Of it. it's, it's just so annoying because it's only today I've been able to actually start bits of work again because my brain has been. I start to work and then it starts to feel queasy, or I start to go dizzy, or I get hot. It, it's just being awful. You know, when you're working, when you're, yeah. when you're just so ill, it just really doesn't help. So it's good I've been able to stay focused for this hour, stay couple of travel. Uh, this has been rather good fun. Well, I'm. Uh, as we sort of conclude the podcast for this week, um, I, I'm not sure whether we'll be able to record next week because I have have my performance on. So we might take a short Easter recess, um, and yes. potentially Archie may be back. He may be not. Depends how he he's feeling and how his ex, his exam preparations I'll, I'll give you go. One more. What, He'll give us one, one more. more. Yes, yeah, before before end of June, and then I'll be. Yes, uh, and then yeah. after that, I'm not sure whether I'll be able to make it. Who knows? But uh, we'll we will keep Paletti Babble as Archie's not going away this year. He's taking a gap year. We'll uh, we'll, well, maybe who who knows? Who I knows? Oh right, he still could go. So we might be in the <laughs> no, final no, few. Unlikely, yeah. yeah, we we might be in the final few months yeah. of Paletti Babble before we'll probably revamp it after summer or something. But we'll we'll keep yeah. going as much as we can. We are committed to you guys. So we'll do a few special. Specials, obviously. Yes. You know, I mean, our Christmas special, of course. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, oh, I've pressed the wrong button completely. This is absolutely outrageous. We're not doing the news again. Honestly, my finger slipped on on the buzzer. That's 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 awful. Um, doing best than me this week. No, I won't be Archie. So that does conclude the truly excellent podcast that is Politibabble for this week. Next week we will be discussing. We're not quite sure because we'll be going on a, on a little break, I imagine. But we'll keep you up to date on our social media platforms. You can find them um, at Politibabble on most social uh, media platforms. If you do want to listen back to the Politibabble podcast then you can go to manxradio.com forward slash podcast forward slash politibabble. That's manxradio.com forward slash podcast forward, forward slash politibabble. And if you do want to get in touch, you can email us at politibabble at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. So that's all for this week, folks. You've been politibabbles. Oh, well, Oliver's a sterling job there, as usual. Oh, thank you, Archie. Thank you. Yeah, very, very good.